Geopolitics and Empire is joined by K.M. Patton, a researcher, activist, and writer who lives in the greater L.A. area. While spending time in California's prison system, he caught the activist bug, suddenly uh, eager to change a world he didn't always care for. He decided to join up with a number of local activist groups, which culminated with the Occupy movement and the camps that sprung up in America a few uh, years ago. Uh, a memoir a memoir of that year-long experience is near completion, and he spends his days reading, writing, taking care of his son, and of course, battling the forces of darkness, uh, as are all of us. Welcome to Geopolitics and Empire, Kevin. Well, thank you so much, Roger. I appreciate it. There's one correction that's very important, as I am no longer uh, in California. I am a California refugee. I have uh, lived over in Arizona now for a little more than a year, and uh, we had to escape uh, the hellhole that is California. I could rant about California for a little while, but I'll uh, I'll spare your audience unless you have some questions about it. Yeah, maybe that'll come up. This is a running trend. Uh, you know, I think I've had uh, some guests as well who has who have fled. Uh, I think of that great film I love with Kurt uh, Russell. Is it first? It was Escape from New York, and then it was Escape from uh, L.A. I love and, those movies. Great movies. <laughs> yeah, those are uh, absolutely fantastic. Maybe they were telegra telegraphing to us back then what was going to happen yeah. in, in the future. Great. But um, I, I wanted to talk about, I got it right here, Staying On During uh, the Great Reset. That's one of your books from Stairway uh, Press. You've got a few others we can talk about at a future time. But um, you, you, you mentioned how the re reset is disappearing logic itself where inconsistency has become uh, a virtue. And so I've been talking a lot about the Great Reset. Um, and I wanted to get maybe your thought on you know what's going on with Cobra Commander Klaus Schwab, the, ah. great, the great Reset and, and all of this. You know, I, I think a lot of people uh, probably first heard of Klaus Schwab here. In fact, back during the Occupy days, uh, his Davos meetings were um, were be, it was being held for a lot since 1971, I think is when he held it. Uh, first started it, and now uh, in, in Occupy, I think uh, he was bringing together a lot of these bankers to talk about what they were going to do. And uh, there is an article up by, by uh, the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations, um, in which he says he's been he's been pushing this line for a while. We need to we need to find a way to come out of this crisis better, stronger, more resilient. This is a line that Schwab has been pushing for a very long time. And um, but I don't. And, but he's really come to the forefront with COVID when he's written this book, you know, COVID nineteen, the Great Reset. And this is this is his grand plan, and uh, he's going to make sure that uh, it that it sees uh, fruition. I don't see the Great Reset as an agenda or uh, a single policy, or and it's certainly not any kind of conspiracy. It's a vision held by Schwab and uh, those of his ilk and and people who attend his summits. And in a word, I think it's, it really is dystopia. It's a technocratic, uh, totalitarian world state. And he says pretty clearly inside of his book, he wants, he, he hates nationalism. He hates, um, uh, uh, sovereign communities. He wants a world in which the elite rule the entire world. And he's, he's pretty clear about this. So, um, you know, what, what can we do about it? That's, that's the real question. I mean, uh, we can go on about it, but it's. I think it's very important that people are aware of what he's doing. And thankfully, it, it, these guys don't hide what they're doing anymore. They just come right out with it. And um, to our benefit, I guess, all you get to do is pick up the book. But Schwab at least has one good thing going for him is that people are very easily distracted. I mean, I it just if you just look around your city, you'll see how many people just bury their faces in the phone. I see this all the time. And so he's got that. The, his, he, he wants to make one of, one of the most important points is he wants to 
move our world into a contactless society. Everything is going to become e-everything, uh, e-commerce, uh, telemedicine, e-exercise, uh, working from home. He's going to try to isolate people as much as possible. And, uh, well, he's, he's halfway there, it seems like. So uh, one thing we could do is get out of our houses, get off the phones, meet people. It's important. A message from our sponsors. It seems we may be headed for the 1930s all over again. Financial collapse, tyranny, and world war. I've already secured multiple passports, offshore accounts, safe havens, and escaped to the sunnier shores of Mexico. My friend Michael Thorup of the Expat Money Show is hosting the Expat Money Summit with 30-plus experts that'll help you reclaim freedom in this fourth turning by moving your life and wealth offshore. Protect yourself and secure a new life abroad. Register now for free at expatmoneysummit.com or don't and enjoy surviving on insect protein while stuck in the metaverse. Since 2020, Ron Unz of Unz.com has argued the COVID outbreak was due to a U.S. biowarfare attack against China and Iran. Jeffrey Sachs, the Russian Ministry of Defense, and others are now making similar suggestions. Weeks before COVID appeared in Wuhan, a top U.S. biowarfare official ran the Crimson Contagion exercise on how to protect America against infection if a dangerous virus suddenly appeared in China. After COVID appeared in Wuhan, it jumped to Iran, infecting Iranian leadership only weeks after America had assassinated Iran's military commander. Iran publicly accused America of an illegal biowarfare attack and filed a complaint with the UN. Ron Unz has produced a free ebook and is available for interviews to further discuss this issue. And don't forget to fund Geopolitics and Empire. You can leave a donation, except on Patreon or PayPal, which have banned us, book a consultation, or become a member. I mean, I, I love how you describe this uh, concisely. And uh, I, I also like to spend time on diagnosing uh, the disease, the problem, and mm-hmm. then looking towards uh, solutions. So I, I want to make sure we have a clear understanding of our adversary of, of the problem. And then let's look at uh, solutions. But but to really grasp, to get a profound understanding of the nature of what we're dealing with, uh, because it's, it's really bad. It's really sinister. And, and you mentioned that this global globalized state uh, you, you talked about, you, that's how the word you use uh, in your book. I've been worrying about this for decades. I know you, you describe yourself as a secular libertarian in the book. I'm actually a Christian conservative, but we 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 often meet uh, in, in many regards in in terms of our understanding of what's going on. And um, you you write um, in your book as well. Schwab's desired society is one in which you, the average citizen, receives routine notifications on your smartphone, all of them sent by some sort of a global pandemic command center. Uh, and I think to add on to what you were saying, this e-contactless system, they want a global vaccine passport system. Mm-hmm. And they basically want to put us on this infrastructure that's digital that they control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we can't do, uh, they control everything. And then we're completely screwed. We have no freedom, no sovereignty, no liberty, no no agency. And we're just seeing like the, the, the last two days, Alex Jones gets uh, fined one billion dollars, basically billion dollars. for 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 free for speech. Now the free speech costs a billion dollars, as uh, the uh, what's his name, Darren Beatty from uh, Revolver News just said. Kanye West got his his J.P. Morgan bank account has just canceled him. And I read just before we connected, Cat Turd, which which is the popular account on Twitter, um, this anonymous popular account on Twitter, they just had their Bank of America, uh, their bank account canceled and this is absolutely insane 
Um, and this is the thing that freaks me out the most, this digital, I like to call it algorithm ghetto social credit system. Mm-hmm. And it just, it seems to keep it advancing, you know, before we get to further solutions, how do you sort of see this and, and it's, uh, advance? Yeah, I see it as a, uh, as a technocratic grid. That's why they kind of want to push everybody into cities. They want to smartify everything. Uh, they want you on your phones for sure. And now we have Janet Yellen today talking about, Hey, a digital currency might be a good idea. That might be something that we could work toward. So it, it easily controlled people in one little spot, everybody together, but kind of alone inside their own little, their little hub, right? In the, in the, in the big cities. Um, that's the way I see it advancing with, uh, as regard to uh, free speech, you're right. Alex Jones got fined $1 billion. I mean, people are, are making the accusation that Jones had, um, had, uh, had, had, uh, sicked his, sicked his people out on these, uh, on these families. There is, there's no evidence of that at all whatsoever. All he said was that this, this was a false flag event. Um, uh, these are crisis actors and people took from that what they would, um, but he did not uh, tell people to go out there and um, and uh, insult grieving parents at their children's graves. Uh, it is a free speech issue. Um, uh, I've also heard people say, well, hey, how about the, the Covington kids or uh, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, who also sued CNN and NBCBC for calling them murderers or uh, the first one, the second one a murderer and the Covington kids um, racist for insulting an indigenous man. Well, in fact, uh, Actually, I did not believe in those lawsuits either. I did not believe that Rittenhouse or the Covington kids had a grounds for a lawsuit. I just don't, uh, because I'd like to think of myself as a free speech uh, absolutist. Um, and that's one thing that they're trying to do is trying to shut down. I mean, you know, the role of big tech in all this, it can't be understated. Uh, they have a huge role. I mean, Zuckerberg attends these uh, um, summits all the time. And uh, we now know that the White House has uh, had frequent contact with uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg and they uh, specifically with vaccine misinformation or lockdown criticism. They will shut down their critics. And that's what they're doing. And I think they're going to continue on that. Luckily, I mean, we have shows like yours. We have independent media. I think that's the way we're moving. I mean, I'm, people talk about what well, we need to regulate big tech. We need to kind of nationalize big tech. And I don't agree with that either. I think that one way we can uh, see these guys dissolve is by coming up with alternative media. And it is working. That is working. We can find other platforms. Facebook and Twitter, were not going to last forever. They've only been around for 10 or 15 years. So we need to, we need to find other platforms, small publishers, um, websites, old old, uh, pamphleteering, leafleting. I mean, going out there and actually, you know, we, we, they're right to say that we don't have a right to their platforms. We don't. But I said yeah. they're going to continue. As long as we're on there, they're going to continue to kick us off. Why bother? Yeah, I, I'd agree with you in terms of the national nationalization uh, aspect. I think th- we should keep them separate, the private. Because that, that what we have now is fascism in a sense where we've got the government and these corporations working together. Many of these corporations came from the Pentagon and DARPA, from the government. Yes. Uh, so, so, so maybe they've never even left them. Maybe they are pseudo uh uh you know pseudo uh private uh entities and i think antitrust i think is a free market answer to break up some of these um they've gotten you know i don't like a concentration of power in either direction whether it's communism or you have a state monopoly or you know this monopoly capitalism we have to keep that balance somewhere in the middle to maintain freedom but you know you touched on what i was going to ask you about this alternative media space um I know you sort of work in the stairway publishing is sort of I'd call alternate uh, alternative 
publisher or independent sort of publishing company but also my worry is we are starting to see these sprout up rumble you know for all these alternative video platforms odyssey just uh, added a patreon sort of uh, function to it so we don't need patreon anymore but my worry is what if uh these alt companies start getting their bank accounts canceled and then they can't function you know i sort of that's sort of my worst case scenario a- any further thoughts um on alternative media mainstream media as well if you want to talk about uh you know publishing books like uh what stairway does yeah, i mean of course there's always the risk of one of these independent uh platforms getting bought up by somebody um when I hear that Peter Thiel actually owned Rumble, I think that's true. Um, you know, that's always a possibility. But I've, I just got done reading a, a wonderful book by uh, Jacob Makachama, Chama, uh, his wonderful history on free speech. And you know, every time that the licensing privilege was was given up and the state no longer had to get license out to publishers, there was a huge proliferation of independent publishers. That's always happened. That's the direction I think we should take, no matter where it goes. I mean, if it's online or if it's on printing something at home just keep on doing it just keep on pushing the information that, that's my basically my thought on it i don't think uh just hoping for one platform to come along to uh, serve all of our free speech needs that thing's not going to come and, and what how's uh if you want to tell us about stairway uh press uh you know about your uh, operation yeah stairway press is based over here in, in arizona we're a, a fairly small publishing house um ken kaufman does a wonderful job publishing uh independent researchers and uh, journalists like myself i'm not quite sure actually me mad at me. i'm not quite sure how long he's been around here uh but uh, a number of years he used to publish elana mercer who um is no longer with him um it, it's a good publishing house very handsome uh paperbacks i recommend everybody go check it out yeah i like uh, I, I bought a, a bunch of uh stairway books uh, that are on my uh to read uh list and sort of getting back to what you back to the whole covid great reset thing i i feel we're 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 it hasn't gone away you know maybe a lot of pandemic measures for now have gone away but uh you also touch on this in the book you beg the question how have people tolerated for almost two years this you know flicking of the reset button and they seem to be flicking it on and off you know masks off masks on yes. you know vaccine certificate is required it isn't you know it no longer is it is again and you know judging by social media it does seem the narrative is somewhat crumbling for now but in in real life it, it seems like the people i come across around me um they don't really seem to be talking about it anymore maybe that's also a sign that the people who bought into it don't want to talk about it because maybe now they're wondering if they weren't uh duped what sort of your take on whether you know on the status of people waking up uh, mm-hmm. and so forth yeah, I, I have a T-shirt that says "Unvax Lives Matter." Now that shirt used to get me a lot of uh, looks. It used to get me a lot of thumbs up and sometimes some grins. But um, uh, now I, I'm still in California once a month uh, for uh, family reasons, and uh, now I wear the shirt over there, and nobody blinks an eye at it. Uh, nobody really seems to care. I think they they have even in California where the lockdowns came first and the vaccine mandates uh, were were pushed pretty hard. Uh, people are kind of embarrassed to say to, to to come and criticize we who decided not to get vaccinated, especially when you have what Pfizer's exec coming in telling the European Commission, hey, you know what, the vaccine never was tested even for for its effect on transmissibility. So uh, people think oh, I can't possibly criticize this guy. I feel like an idiot. 
Of course it wasn't, you know, especially considering how many people had COVID and then got over it and then were then uh, um, blessed with uh, natural immunity. So I do see people waking up to it. I, I mean, it, unlike I was on another podcast and we're talking about how a lot of this started for a lot of people with 9-11 and in the aftermath of 9-11, there was an anti-war um, coalition, but by and large, a lot of people went along with the war. And my feeling was, as cruel as it will be, um, as cruel as it sounds, not everybody was affected by September 11th. Um, not that wasn't the same for for the financial crisis, and it wasn't the tr- the same thing as with the COVID mandates. Those are felt much closer to people, so it kind of pissed them off. And with that, they were riled into a state of opposition in a way that I don't think they were in 9/11 after 9/11. Um, so I, I do see people waking up to it now. I think it's a great thing. We need to continue to, to do that. Uh, I, I will say uh, there's a part of me that feels kind of bad for one Anthony Fauci. Hear me out here. I mean, there were a lot of people who were pushing mandates, uh, lockdowns. I think it was 19 out of the 25 Republican governors had had done lockdowns. And well, poor Anthony Fauci, man, he's he's 80 years old. And he's going to be the fall guy for all this. His, I mean, his ego is so massive. He won't be wounded by this. And of course, he should go to jail. But so should a lot of other people. And so he's going to be the scapegoat. And uh, I said this a long time ago. I said, God, this, this, he's, he's, he's 80 years old. and He's going to retire. And I don't, the midterms are coming up. I, I don't have much faith in either of the two parties at all. I mean, I, know I have friends out there. We're going to vote R all the way. And uh Okay, great. I'd do it. But I don't think even with if Republicans sweep the midterms, which I think they will, are they going to put uh, Anthony Fauci in, in front of uh, in front of Congress? Maybe, maybe they won't, but I'm not hoping for it. I don't have much faith in Republicans. They've never shown to actually reduce the size of government or to hold uh, corrupt politicians or corrupt bureaucrats in Fauci's case accountable. But um, he should. But I think he's probably going to escape and uh, to some island and disappear into the sunset. And the rest of us, using our free speech privilege, um, or right, as I should say, we will criticize him and condemn him and uh, write nasty history books about him, and that'll be the end of it. Sorry to come across as so cynical, but uh, that's the, kind of my, my, my view. I mean, he's served the establishment so well for the last 40 years. They're, are they really going to throw him under the bus? Maybe. Maybe, but I'm not hoping for it. Yeah, I, I, my, I mean, myself as a conservative uh, Christian, I would totally agree with you <laughs> regarding the Republicans. I mean, yeah. uh, also, like, if they can, I don't really, it's a one party system, basically. And um, they j- both just want bigger governments, um, just work for corporate interests. And so I don't really see much changing. And, I, and they're all elites. So, I, as you say, I don't think they would throw, there's a small chance of them throwing Fauci or anyone else under. Uh, the bus, it seems like they'll just sort of sweep things under the rug and move on. Uh, And um, just, you know, I had another question. I'm always wondering about this. If, if you think they will return, they will bring back some of these biosecurity measures. You know, I'm sort of on the fence now. I am uncertain. In in one, on one hand, it seems like this whole two years of crazy biosecurity medical tyranny that we've, it's, it's in the past now, it feels like, and that they may not bring that back in that form you know with all the masks and injections and temperature tanking and gel and all of this but 
uh, you know, I, I one scenario I have is that they don't bring that back, but they're going to continue with this digital QR code system using different pretests, pretexts like the collapsing economy, food rationing, um, energy situation, or that they could whip out, a, you know, a whole new uh, pandemic again and, and run us through this. What, what, what sort of your take on, on you know, a potential future like that? Oh, I have no doubt in my mind there will be another pandemic here in the next few years. I think they've already tried that with, I mean, immediately afterwards, they did monkeypox and uh, just to kind of see where people were at. I mean, the lockdowns gave them a great opportunity uh, to see where people were at, to see what they would do, what they would not do. It was obedience training, and uh, the elites were able to get a real good lesson on that. Um, were, are they going to have another virus? Sure. Next five, 10 years, maybe, maybe not right away. Uh, one th- interesting thing that Swab talks about inside of his book is that, according to him, with the um, as population continues to grow, global population, which there's no evidence that it will. In fact, we're probably going to have a population collapse pretty soon uh, because of the apocalyptic plummet of sperm counts. People just are not having babies. They can't have babies anymore. Sperm counts are just, they're they're very, very low right now. In fact, uh, um, Swan's book, she says that we probably should place ourselves on the endangered species list. I mean, they're so bad. I mean, you don't know anybody who doesn't have uh, problems with it, doesn't have to go to a uh, infertility, infertility clinic. Um, but according to Schwab, we continue to have this population growth. We're going to have to uh, cultivate more land. Cultivating more land, according to him, will lead to more zootonic diseases. We'll see more outbreaks because we have to have the food and we'll have to kill species and we'll have to move people around, move animals around, and that will lead to more diseases, according to him. That's one of the reasons why uh, they're going along with this to push a meatless diet. I'm not sure how you feel about meat, but it's also very high on their list of priorities. They want to move us into the world of impossible burgers. Um, so, yes, I, I do see something like that happening five, 10 years, and they'll know what to do better. They'll know what to do differently. Uh, who's going to go along with it? Can we push more masks? I don't know. Especially if you consider the fact that uh, a lot of kids around the world uh, had grown up accustomed to this, had grown up with the lesson that this is what we need to do, just like back in the day where they used to have. Uh, drills for nuclear war get underneath your table and so forth. Well, they, they do differently now. Now they do, uh, well, this is how we, we stand six feet apart. We put our masks on. We go over here. There's all kinds of, all new drills. And um, that generation is going to grow up, at least some of them, thinking to themselves, this is just what we need to do. This is the new normal. The new normal isn't for my people my age, people your age. It might be for people five, 10, 15 years old. So yeah, five or 10 years for a new virus, maybe that's a little short-sighted, but 20 years, maybe. I do see it happening. Yeah, I, I also don't disagree with that potential scenario. And if you say every 10 years, you know, 2009, they ran the fake swine, swine flu mm-hmm. pandemic. And about a decade later, here we are. And probably, you know, maybe they won't wait another decade to pull another one out. But, um, you know, something else that you talk about that I've also talked about on the podcast with, um, again, I have people who are libertarians, leftists, uh, conservatives, um, you know, CJ Hopkins for me, uh, I've interviewed him twice. He's uh, out in Berlin. He's, he's what I would call a, a rational leftist. And we've got, we've, we've got a lot of these extreme, crazy, woke, uh, ultra progressive. I don't know what do you want to call them. That they, they, they anti-white. They, Let's just call it this. There's nobody. We don't call people woke, and that they're woke to uh, Schwab's agenda. They're woke in the see. They see. They don't see the enemy as Klaus Schwab or the Great Reset. They see the enemy as white supremacy. Everything yeah. is white supremacy. Everything. So yeah. I call yeah. it what it is. 
Yeah, and, and they're, they're the people who double, triple mask. Uh, they'll take as many boosters as as necessary. And uh, uh, as you said, you're, you're a secular libertarian. And in your book, you talk about you're happy to work with people like me, Christian conservative. Uh, and, and uh, you know, you did mention that it's, it has largely been the right side of the aisle opposing medical uh, tyranny. And but but again, it, there are a lot of problems with uh, the right as well that you point out where they uncritically support uh you know police or authorities where where they also we can see bad things happening i mean in 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 la i just read that there was one cop a good cop who was investigating other cops who apparently seems like they participated in a gang rape and, and and murder and during a bicycle exercise that cop who was uh, uncovering this corruption uh was killed by the guy who was accused of gang rape i mean that's insane but uh anyways just your thought on sort of this left right this ideology it seems like that's less relevant and it's more people who want liberty versus this global global globalism this authoritarian globalism yeah well of course the the the, uh the gangs that exist within the los angeles police department they go back decades i probably don't have time to go into it all but uh as far as my criticism of religion is also a criticism of faith there was there i see so many people on the right who have were absolutely certain the police are going to be on our side republicans are going to be on our side uh, uh um, church leaders are going to be on our side there were a lot of church leaders uh resisting and uh holding congregations and speaking out against it to their credit absolutely there were also a lot of church leaders who are not namely the catholic church um and uh there was an article i cite an article inside my my booklet in which i in which i list out a number of church leaders who say we're not going to give you vaccine exemptions the problem is that i i see we we need to be a little bit more critical of those who uh who we have faith in if that's not police if it's not church leaders uh, or politicians and just to have I, I, people talk about blind faith. I don't think there's anything as blind faith. Faith is by itself blind, and uh, that's hard to get past when you're always certain that this person's on your side. That's something we need to work to to, uh, to, to uh, sort of come to a new understanding. Um, I'm sorry, I lost your question. What was the question? No, I mean, you're making good points. And uh, again, myself as a Christian, I've seen, I mean, I've had on Pastor Arthur Polowski, you know, who was arrested yeah. for refusing to shut down his church. Uh, I've talked to uh, Henry Hildebrandt, uh, another mm-hmm. Canadian pastor who's also gotten into trouble. But yeah, we've seen, I think we have to question all uh, authority because I think, again, from my perspective, you know, man is sinful by nature. No one's perfect. Uh, mm. And so these things ebb and flow. You've got good and bad people in, in every single institution. And I've seen churches, I, I've had friends that say, you know, th- this church is only doing Zoom um, calls uh, or, you know, n- they're not gathering in person. It's like, forget those churches. That's for me, that's not even like a, a real church and so yeah you can go across the board whether it's police or whichever institution and i yeah just getting your your thoughts it's it's sort of nice to see how people uh, i i think we should be able to talk to everyone yeah respect the the person and not be so divided is kind of my uh point and i i do see this coming together of people uh, from different walks and different sure categories uh, right well okay well to go back to the uh, partisanship, if you want, I don't know that's the right answer, but we talk about the woke left. I mean, it, it, by itself, I thought religion was irrational. No offense to you, sir. Uh, but if you, if, in comparison to what the left pushes today, the right is much more rational. 
to put it lightly. I mean, I'll, I'll use this as an example, as I, I often do. If you, if you can convince the population that men can give birth, that men can menstruate, uh, there's 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 nothing you can't convince them of, right? I mean, it is an inverted world. You can tell them that the moon is made out of cheese. It's so insane right now. It's so it, you can put a male rapist inside of a women's prison, and you'll now have modern feminists standing up for the male rapist. It, it, it's pretty bizarre. It's pretty weird. So, and these are the same people, of course, who push lockdowns. They're anti-police, except when they want the police to enforce lockdowns or vaccine mandates. Complete inversion, right? Uh, these are the kind of things that the left is pushing. It is craziness. It's just, it's, it's crazy town. So I, I can, I can, and, and if you consider the uh, democratic candidates, they're so embarrassingly bad, especially over Arizona, we have Mark Kelly, uh, Katie Hobbs. I mean, these, these people are, they're a joke. They're a complete joke. So it's, it's no wonder why the Republican candidates have such an appeal to them. Uh, and if you want to put your faith that they'll change things or they'll, um, uh, I mean, especially with someone like uh, Carrie Lake, who uh, has a very good record on opposing lockdowns and mandates, um, I'd vote for her. I would. I wouldn't vote for Blake Masters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of these people who seem to be like Trojan horses and they go any which way the wind blows. Even, you know, I've had a recent guest on. I haven't published a podcast yet. We talked about the Italian rights, uh, Georgia Meloni. I mean, and you just look at her. She's tied to like this Aspen Institute. And yes. there's a video of her saying, I support the digital green pass yes. uh, when it was popular. And now that it's not popular, she'll say, oh, just kidding. And I'm like, no, sorry. Um yeah. You know, just that, that that doesn't fly with me. And just maybe to get your thoughts on fleeing California. I mean, I've even talked with uh, liberal progressive. I, again, I would call it the sane, rational leftists who've told me even for them, what you just described is just way insane that a, a man is a woman and a woman is a man and a child can change its gender and cut off its mutilated body parts and all this stuff. They're fleeing California to Mexico uh, and others are fleeing to Arizona or Texas or Florida. Maybe if you want to just talk about this exodus from California, I mean, does it really seem like, like it's being reported in the news that there's a huge amount of people leaving? Well, it'd be hard to tell because there's so many people in California, a lot of people. It's a very congested state. But yes, I mean, I think the report here that I saw a few years ago was that the, the U-Haul company actually ran out of trucks uh, leaving California. And that they, uh, I think the, uh, the CEO of the company confirmed that as being true. Uh, they also lost a seat in the House. That's more evidence. Um, yeah, I mean, and you see it over here in Arizona a lot. You, you'll, you'll just hear talk. You hear it on the radio, even at the gym, like, well, we're all these Californians are coming over here and so on and so forth. You, you, it's, it's, it's always this, uh, always reminding us that Californians are, are coming over here. Um, I, I'm a native born California, I've lived, born and raised there my whole life. And uh, it's always been pretty bad, right? I don't know if I have time to go into all this, but uh, it, it, the lockdowns struck immediately in California. I mean, they were the first state, I think, to, to get aside from New York. And um, we also have the toughest vaccine mandates in the whole country. We have a, a, a truly sinister senator in that state senator pan um he is a he's a total monster and he wants no exemptions whatsoever and he's he's pushed it all there, there is no exemptions you have any exemption now has to go through the state if you want to if you don't want your child vaccinated you have to get approval from sacramento and he wants it that way and they just pushed a law here you can, um, your listeners can google this up uh, they've uh, gavin newsom another young global leader uh attends schwab summits he just signed legislation prohibiting uh, uh doctors private practitioners 
from going against the consensus, the medical consensus. If you're a doctor trying to advise his patients, say, for example, they have heart disease and you don't want them to to risk this mRNA vaccine, uh, you can get fined. They will fine you. That's that's the kind of world that California is. It's it's really awful. Opposed from aside from all the taxes, the regulations, the traffic, uh, the, the homelessness. God, I, and I hate to dump on the homeless because a lot of people are in really tough situations. Um, and I don't mean to dump on it, but it, the, the homelessness is awful. It's the, the third highest rate of homelessness in the whole country. People often talk about it being um, uh, earthquake country. It's not really earthquake country. Not really. It's fire country. It's fire country because the state, with all of its surpluses, uh, refuses to clean out all the dry brush and it gets very hot over there. And then you have homeless people camping out in the woods and they light a match and it starts these huge fires, every single one of them. And they'll push it. They'll, they'll blame it then on, on global warming, which is nonsense. I mean, there's myriad problems in California. Varya, I can't, I can't go over all of them, but I hope I touch on some of them. It's, 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 and it's beautiful too. I mean, I love the landscape. I miss my beaches. I miss the mountains, but it's so awful otherwise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been to California, and it, it is, uh, you know, beautiful and and wonderful place. But you sort of just, in a nutshell, nailed uh, a lot of the problem uh, problems there, and. Uh, you know, maybe looking now towards solutions uh, as plebes that we are serves, you know, what, what do we do? How do we, um, well, uh, you know, I, I, when I think about solutions, I, I, it's, it's twofold. One is still fighting the good fight, no matter how dark it is like this, you know, Sparta 300, you know, the movie 300 mentality, even if I'm going to die, I'm going to fight to the death, but also, you know, in, in case we do lose, I'm starting to think, okay, if we do lose prepping you know just kind of like preparing for life under this tyranny so that that's sort of my way people think you know uh i don't know they call me black pill but it's like no i fight the good fight as much as i can if we lose the battle or the war okay well i need a retreat to bug out to you know yeah. to, to survive life under nazi uh you know to use that example you know, in, in the gulags or, or the nazi uh, regime so what are your thoughts on some Sure. We're, we're teetering on the edge of nuclear war. We have children being mutilated and told they can change their sex. Inflation at an all-time high. Uh, the WEF pushing along with their Great Reset agenda. But hey, don't be so negative, right? Don't be so black-pilled. No, what's I, I reject the idea that being black-pilled is synonymous with nihilism, uh, with giving up. I don't think so. I, remember the movie The Matrix. I mean, uh, the people aboard Morpheus's ship, the Nebuchadnezzar, was that what it was? They didn't look too happy. They looked pretty depressed, as a matter of fact. But even though they were awake, they were outside of the system. I, I, I don't think it's. I mean, if you want to be a nihilist, if you want to give up, go ahead and do so. I, I can't do so. I don't. I don't want to lose on their terms. I'm a father. My, I, uh, I, I, me and my family put a, a, a great deal of work into my kid's upbringing. He's doing fantastic. I want the world to be a little bit better for him. I don't want uh, the Klaus Schwabs of the world to, uh, to, uh, to rule over us. The human species. So I, I, I think being black pill just means just realize, just acknowledging how bad things are, quite frankly, and just having frank, honest conversations about it. I don't, I don't think we should lie to ourselves. I don't think we should have a, a false hope to go back to faith. I don't think we should have this. As far as solutions go, realizing it, acknowledging it, talking to other people. I mean, like-minded people. I mean, just going out and just talking to people actually is one of the most wonderful things you can do. You'll be surprised, at least not everybody, but maybe one in five, if I were to say two in five, will be very receptive to what you have to say. If you talk about, hey, 
Klaus Schwab wants to is now hosting uh, bioethicists who give the argument that we can genetically engineer mankind to be allergic to meat. Have you heard about this? It's alpha-gal. And they talk about um, ticks often induce alpha-gal syndrome. But uh, this bioethicist, his name is Lau, I believe, he says we can do this with mosquitoes. Um, we can actually make a mosquito that will bite someone and make them allergic to meat. That's pretty damn sinister. It's pretty evil, but it's real. Uh, or you talk to them about uh, the U Russia-Ukraine situation. Well, here's uh, Mr. Zelensky talk well he wants to correct the record but he i to me it sounded like he was advocating uh the west launch a preemptive nuclear strike on russia that's what the way i heard it uh and uh, then you have all the spending you have and, and then and, uh, upset your republican friends hey how many republican friends of your how many republican candidates and politicians uh either wanted more of this ukrainian aid or promised to give more aid to ukraine quite a few uh there's things we can do. We can talk. There's also another aspect. Uh, during the lockdowns, there was an industry that was uh, that started uh, to boom, really, and that would be the farmers markets. There were a lot more farmers markets. Uh, you know, that's that's another thing we could consider: supporting your your local industry, supporting your local farmer market, farmer markets, and um, the protests. I mean. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to avoid the answer just voting i, I don't want to say that uh but getting out there talking to your neighbors protesting handing out uh my booklet uh, uh discussing your show these are things we can do i mean the, it is almost an information war and we need to get the information out uh if anybody wants to go check out uh henry thoreau's wonderful essay civil disobedience uh thoreau did not advocate voting he said that we have to resist tax evasion used to be a big thing protesting uh, just saying no, just refusing to go along. It's an idea. It's a few ideas. Yeah, all all good uh, stuff, and and even you know what you did, just leaving California for a, a much better jurisdiction, um, Arizona. I you know that that's another theme uh, uh, of mine here, where people are just relocating, and you don't have to go to another country. You can just get out of urban globalist uh, you know urban cosmopolitan globalist areas i've talked about this with my guest greg copley of the international strategic studies association the urban areas are the globalist areas and you want to get out of those yeah. spaces and then find uh because you know it, also relocating that that helps you find more like-minded people you, you'll i guess you'll find less like-minded people in places like california or new york but uh, once you get somewhere else you can set up shop and start building parallel uh, economies societies and that sort of thing and I, I think you gave one of the best explanations of being a black bill i totally 100 agree with your you said it better than me uh the, this ex explanation of black bill all that means is seeing the reality uh mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean being a, a a nihilist and so um yeah if you've got any other uh thoughts uh you know for us related to in the context of what we've been talking about uh you know i just I don't give up hope i mean just as i said keep on uh keep on the good fight Anybody wants to check out my work, uh, I am with Stairway Press. I've been publishing with them. You can Google up my name. I'm kind of all over the place on the internet. I'm also doing a podcast uh, with Joe Lachance. It's called Truth is Scary. You should be able to find that on YouTube. Um, final thoughts. I mean, just don't give up quite yet. I mean, they haven't won. And the Great Awakening, is it going to be a Great Awakening? Is it going to be uh, uh, a, a mass of humanity? I'm not sure, but it might not require that many people. There's another discussion happening too. That is a national divorce of secession. We're not have time to go into all that right now, but I mean, it, it for me, secession doesn't mean 
completely escaping the U.S. It would be more of a reassertion of state sovereignty, just saying that even if the federal government, Biden administration or any other administration wants to put uh, World Health Organization troops somewhere in Arizona, our, our government over here in Arizona, our National Guard would say no. That doesn't mean that we would give up all relations to other states or give up trade or travel. It just it, it, it would mean, no, you can't bring troops over here. We, we are a sovereign nation. That is an idea of a kind of a, a soft secession, as I think Jeff Dice talks about. Um, think all, all good things. I mean, keep talking, keep reading, keep communicating. Yeah, I'll include all your links in the description, and hopefully we can continue this conversation on, on TNT uh, radio. And um, what else was I going to say? That, uh, yeah, you know, my view is e even if they win, I won't give up fighting i always I, you know i love i like many of bon jovi's songs and then the song blaze of glory which i think was in that soundtrack with Kiefer sutherland emilio estevez is uh young guns too that scene where Kiefer sutherland surrounded in his little cabin he's going to die but he just goes out guns blazing and i think that's the right attitude <laughs> to to have come hell or high water fight uh the good fight with a smile uh, on your face. Yeah. Always, always be, you know, with laughter. That's what the elites don't like. They're they're humorless, as my recent guest said. And uh, well, you know, thank you for being on Geopolitics and Empire, Kevin. Hervoji, I really appreciate it. Great talking to you. I hope you enjoyed this Geopolitics and Empire podcast. The website is geopoliticsandempire.com. And I encourage you to sign up for the free email list that goes out with each podcast and every weekend with a collection of news headlines. The newsletter and website are our last lines of defense. We're being censored and deplatformed. It's nearly impossible to find Geopolitics and Empire on the Google search engine. We've been blacklisted. YouTube frequently takes down our videos with strikes. Facebook restricts our page. Reddit and Twitter take down posts. And after the Associated Press mentioned Geopolitics and Empire in a 2021 article co-written with NATO, our Patreon account was terminated. Vimeo also terminated our Pro account. The best free way to help Geopolitics and Empire is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or elsewhere and subscribe to all of our media channels. You can find the video broadcast now on five platforms. Odyssey, Rockfin, Rumble, BitChute, and Brighteon. You can find the audio broadcast on the podcast ecosystem, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and so on. My current favorite social media channels are Twitter and Telegram, but you can also find us on Gab, MeWe, Minds, Float, VK, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Finally, Geopolitics and Empire is in dire need of funding to continue. You can leave a donation, purchase a consultation with the host, or become a member to receive additional benefits. We also produce a weekly broadcast called Dissident Thinker for members and Rockfin subscribers only. We will continue to fight the good fight come hell or high water. Thank you for listening.